Hey everyone, welcome to episode 19 of Formidable Opponents, a show that pits three people who have known each other virtually their entire lives in a series of conversations as we argue what is best in a variety of fun, engaging, and critical pop culture topics that we all debate about. I'm Randall, and with me as always, Bob and Joseph, and today's topic is Best 70s Rock Song. Before we get to that, we want to acknowledge our sponsor, Cerebral Digital LLC, a digital marketing firm based out of San Antonio. They have everything from website design, social media management, and graphic design, perfect for small businesses on a budget. Their specialty is helping those startup businesses, Cerebral Digital a better, smarter, and more affordable way of marketing. We also want to give a shout out to Dina at Creative Little Pill. You can follow her on Instagram. She does all of our cover art. You'll see our cover art today. We're all dressed up as Kiss along with uh, 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 McLovin from, (laughs) what what, what was this movie? Uh, Not Grown Ups. What's the movie? Role Models. Role Models. Role Models. So we, we only have three of us. So McLovin has joined the crew for this one. But shout out to Dina for that great artwork as she just keeps on taking our silly ideas and making just wonderful art out of it. And we also want to give a shout out to some of our new friends, our friends from Canada, Turn of the Millennials podcast. Return of the millennials. There you go. There you go. Right on cue. Like we didn't practice that. Turn of, <laughs> if you want to check out a great podcast, uh, we recommend Turn of the Millennials. They're a fun podcast. They talk about pop culture, nostalgia. Uh, check them out. You can find them on your favorite podcast platform, Turn of the Millennials. We're, we're hoping to do some collaborative stuff with them in the future. So check it out. So today we are talking about best 70s rock song. So 70s rock, rock became extremely diverse in the 1970s. Influences were abundant, initiating various subgenres, innovative, experimental, and nuanced music that no longer drew in a specific group. In the 1970s, rock became everything to just about everybody. It listened, it absorbed, it transmuted. When you think of the movements of expression in the the 70s called for, One thing comes to mind is patience, whether it's a soul-splitting guitar solo, a chest-thumping drum exhibition, bass pulsating through your veins, or a lead singer singing what your life is or what you wish it should be. The 70s blended a stridency unmatched, borrowing what it wanted from the 60s era rock and knocking the fucking door down to usher in a decade that's arguably the most influential era of rock ever. 70s rock bands did their research. They taught us about art, history, the future, science, the economy, geography, fashion, and of course, partying. We are acknowledging trendsetters here for trends that will never end. Heavy metal, punk, blues, gothic, and modal harmony. And yes, the 70s rock pioneers borrowed, but they also created, they blended, and they executed a style that still endures. Lastly, the 1970s, they're also called the meat decade because many Americans searched and wanted to feel good about themselves. And rock gave an identity for those seeking one. So guys, today we're talking about 70s rock. So Bob, on a previous podcast, our one of our most popular podcasts, Best 90s Rock, we ended on a note, uh, no pun intended, where you mentioned that the 70s rock era was the best. And tell us why. Oh man, I, I just think like uh, for a lot of the points that you just mentioned, it was that it was that transition from the '60s, you know, that psychedelic rock, and it transferred into this hard rock, this bluesy folk, southern rock, a little mix of heavy metal in there. 
it was such a great decade for for bands and singles and albums and and rock music itself it was just that big transition it allowed rock to be the main focus in music for a while and i, I think that we kind of lost that or it never really had that it never really had that level of success when it came to music i mean the 60s uh, the late 60s specifically is when we started seeing you know the stones and and zeppelin and the animals and all that transition to that rock and roll music was starting to come alive and starting to go mainstream and and the 70s just had so many great acts and 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 so many great songs and and i think they like ushered in the 80s and the 90s and 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 the, you know every decade after that everything's been influenced of course every decade is is influenced by its previous but the 70s man it just stood out above the rest it had that quality that i don't think any other decade of rock music has just that perfect mix of every different type of rock and it was all you know fucking fantastic so joseph you're our resident rock expert you listen to a lot of modern rock you listen to a lot of uh, popular rock from the 90s and um up until today tell us a little bit about some of the influence the 1970s rock has on the rock that you like to listen to I think it has a huge, huge um, influence. Is that what you said? Influence? Yes, influence. <laughs> Under the influence, yes. <laughs> that too. I think it has a huge influence, uh, specifically with. Uh, I don't. I, I, fuck it. I'm gonna give. You know, I'm not giving away picks, but I, I'm gonna name bands with Zeppelin. With mainly, specifically, at least, you know, with the type of music that I listen to these days. I'm, I'm a big metalhead. I've already made that well known. I mean, I was listening to death metal when I got home just to relax. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> um, but with specifically Black Sabbath, um, there's not a band that I listen to now, or like from the '90s or the early 2000s. You know, even newer. I, I can say rock's taking a weird step forward nowadays. It kind of sounds, you know, it's, it depends on your 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 preference, but you cannot, you know, all these guys. If you ask them what their bit one of who some of their biggest influences were, all of them are going to pretty much say Black Sabbath, most definitely. Uh, it was a different. Um, and Bob mentioned, you know, the 60s and, and 70s, and we'll touch on that a little later, I guess there's a fine line, I think between the late sixties and the, and the early seventies where the sixties were this, like, you know, the beginning was like, they were still in that flower, you know, flower, uh, flower age, the hippie things, peace, love. And then I think the seventies kind of opened up this, uh, this era that, that influenced the grunge era later, you know, just not everything was happy, you know, happy go lucky in the seventies. And I think that reflected in the music in in such bands like black Sabbath and, and, and Zeppelin and, and, and Pink Floyd, you know, the, the lyrics are, are when you delve, when you dive into them, they're, they're not exactly, you know, some happy stuff obviously drug use is, is, is big. You know, we're going to hear that, uh, you know, if you go real deep into, into the selections, but huge i guess it was just a it, it was the, the beginning of like you know talking and, and writing and releasing music about you know hey the downer side i guess of of life and and, and putting it out there and, and it like i said it there's not a band i listen to today uh you know from the 90s to the 2000s that, that won't tell you that the that the 70s rock um era was a huge influence on them you know stones zeppelin sabbath uh, i mean the list goes on I think it created, I think it created, the 70s created that genre, different genres of rock music. I think up until that point, there wasn't necessarily different genres. Rock music was maybe just rock music or everything was all considered, you know, all together, tied together, like I said. And then we created the the whole, the heavy metal, doom metal, mm -hmm. uh, punk, punk rock, blues, Southern rock, which 
I really think Southern rock was huge. I mean, there was this big phenomenon there in the 70s rock and roll. You know, the Leonard Skinner's of the world, the Creedence Clearwater Revival, stuff like that. Free. They had, a, they had a, of course, they had a big, big uh, influence on on 70s rock and roll. Uh, maybe we could touch a little bit on that as well. You know, Bob, you mentioned uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. John Fogarty, uh, uh, to show you what an influence, this was a kid from California, and the motherfucker sounded like uh, Bobby Boucher when he sang. I mean, that's what the huge <laughs> influence of Southern rock brought to the to the forefront. So it was influencing a nation. You guys are absolutely right. Now, here's a, an interesting fact is that none of us were other than me. Uh, nobody was alive in the 70s. In this, late, in this 70s. You know, late 70s. <laughs> I'll late tell you 79. what. Uh, 70, 70, 76, actually. And the funny thing is that my only, my, <laughs> my only memory from the 70s was I remember being in daycare and uh, we went to go visit uh, Luis uh, from Sesame Street at the mall. And I remember I'm asking him, hey, where's Cookie Monster? Hey, where's Elmo? Not Elmo. I don't think he was. Hey, where's Grover? Hey, where's uh, Bert and Ernie? I remember he, him getting pissed off and he kind of pinched my arm like, get this fucking kid away from me. That's my only memory of the 70s. So I don't have a lot of great memories <laughs> of the 70s, but the music endures. And Bob, I do want to say that a lot of the the upbringing from the seventies came from, from your uncles. Uh, if I could share a few stories, uh, Bob had an uncle who claims one of my favorite stories that he was at a pink Floyd concert and he bribed the light technician with a joint so he could climb the lighting, I guess the, 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 the light tower, the light tower. And they, he said that he, sh he shined a light on Roger Waters and Roger Waters gave him like a, like a gunpoint wink. Like, yeah, that's some awesome lighting. I don't know what bullshit. And then we had another uncle of yours said that one time he was at an ACDC concert. And Bon Scott got on the security guard's shoulders and they were singing like big balls to each other, like face to face. I don't know what. Like, I, I, I hope I just need the audience to know that, you know, my uncle is also his cousin. So he's trying to say he's trying to pawn this, this crazy shit off on me only. But, you know, he's probably known them. He has known them longer, probably a lot closer than I have. So. You know, say it, say it correctly. You're a second cousin, my <laughs> uncle. I, I knew them when they had the electric light orchestra afros, all of them. But. <laughs> ELO, man, fucking awesome. We were talking about telephone the other uh, earlier today, weren't we? Great song, yeah, yes. Great song. And speaking of uh, different bands, let's talk about uh, let's talk about our honorable mentions. Bob, we'll start with you. What are some of your honorable mentions? I have a, I mean, just a laundry list of bands and and great '70s rock songs. I was trying to narrow it down, and I still ended up having like ten or eleven songs. Obviously, Leonard Skinner, Freebird, Black Sabbath, Paranoid, which I think is man, it, it was almost my choice too. It was something I really was really on the fence about. I really do think he's the biggest influence on heavy metal other than any other band. I think Black Sabbath was that band that, that kind of started that trend or that genre of music. Derek and the Dominoes, Layla, yes. one of my all-time favorite songs, and not just because it was the shit in Goodfellas. Uh -huh. um, uh, Heart, oh, that song's just good. <laughs> yeah, it's just great, man. Uh, Heart, Barracuda, oh, and yeah. Wilson. I mean, you, you, you can't beat her voice in that that opening guitar riff awesome kiss rock and roll all night uh, yes. that song just reminds me of the 70s uh, so much uh, zz top lagrange pink floyd's time the who bob o'reilly deep purple smoke on the water acdc highwood l fuck i can go on and all we can just oh, talk about but honorable mentions uh there's so many great fucking 70s rock songs and i think that made it in particular, it made it extremely hard to make our choice to single three out to be the three best that we wanted to argue today 
Yeah, honestly, I think uh, no matter what we say, everybody's going to be like, no, this, no, 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 and they're not going to agree with us. But hey, that's 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 just what it is. We 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 all agree that this this wasn't easy. My list is probably just as long. I had a you know immigrant song, Led Zeppelin. One uh, in particular, I'll mention this one. I almost picked because I thought like you know what that pretty much fucking you know symbolizes '70s rock. I had Cocaine by Eric Clapton. Thought that's a great <laughs> fuck. I mean, you hear that song, you think that's fucking. Yeah. That's if you wanna hang 70. out, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roadhouse Blues, The Doors. Um, yeah. All right now, free. Don't fear the Reaper. Good I don't ones. need to name. I don't need to name the bands because you know them. Uh, Dream on, Lagrange, like Bob said, Smoke on the Water, Renegade by Sticks. I fucking love that song. The Stroke, of course, Paranoid. Uh, Iron Man, Riders. Of the, I mean, this goes on. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'm, I'm there's like ten thousand more here but i'm not gonna read them all <laughs> i ha- i have a, a long list as well i a free bird by leonard skinner i remember the first time i heard this song i used to watch a, a wrestling promotion out of dallas called world class championship wrestling which was run by fritz von eric and his sons all good looking guys were like his uh his main guys on on the on the in the federation in the and their uh, biggest uh, foils were was this uh, tag team called the Freebirds uh, Michael Hayes Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts and I remember I was the only one in my house that would root for the Freebirds because I loved their entrance music and it was this slow guitar song and it was Freebird by Leonard Skinner and that was my first exposure to really loving seventies rock we're seeing these bigger than life bad guys come out to just such an awesome song uh, more than a feeling by Boston is another one I have listed uh, Tom Sawyer by Rush. Speaking of Canadians earlier, here's another great Canadian group, Rush. Uh, Tom Sawyer, best drum solo I think in in any song in, in history. I'm not. I'm a. I'm not a big Rush fan. No. No. Oh, I think man. it's. I think it's the lead singer's voice that kind of throws me <laughs> off. I think it just like what was that? What was that movie with Paul Rudd and and what's the name slapping the bass? What the hell? Was I love you, man. Movie? I love you, man. Like I, I didn't. I'm not. A, I'm just not a big Rush fan. I'm just. I'll probably take a lot of shit. I can't. Uh, shit, uh, I can't say I'm a huge fan of them myself, but the music is like. I mean, you can tell those dudes are phenomenal uh, musicians as far as um, the, the instruments they play. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ren. I'm shocked. I thought you guys would be. No, Rush no, no. Fans. I mean, no. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not saying no. I'm not a Rush fan. I'm just I'm saying it's, 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 I'm not a fan of lead singer. You know me, dude. I like the the darker stuff. You know, yeah. <laughs> Tom Sawyer. Um, <laughs> let's see, Bob O'Reilly, the Who, uh, the Boys are back in town. Thin Lizzy. Yeah. I, I also got Highway to Hell. Uh, ain't talking about love. Van Halen, uh, 1978. Uh, my favorite Deep, Deep Purple has a lot of uh, great songs. But my favorite Deep Purple song is Perfect Strangers. Uh, it's a great song to listen to. And also, uh, lastly, I listed um, and one of the things I don't know if we're going to get to talk about much, but the punk movement started in the 70s. And, and one of my favorite punk songs is Anarchy in the UK by the by the Sex yes, Pistols. Sir, by Sid, dude. Yes. Fuck yeah. They I love were that song. They were great. And, and Bob, I want to give a shout out to uh, to George. Uh, George is a family member who we lost a few years ago. Uh, he taught us a lot about 70s rock Definitely. and some some of the rock bands he talked to us, bands I did not ever hear about because we would talk about music and he would he was always like the teacher said, you guys got to listen to this guy. You guys got to listen to these guys. Some Robin of the band- Trower. Yeah, yeah, Robin Trower. Trower. Yeah. He I did not know who that dude was until until George. And that's one of my that dude's awesome. I, I learned about Uriah Heap through him. Uh, Humble Pie, uh, Trapeze was another band I had Trapeze, never heard about yep. until he introduced. And uh, UFO was another band, not LFO, the, the band that you guys listened to in high school. I'm talking about <laughs> the <second laughs> that are into Abercrombie and Fitch. Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> 
And uh, so, so shout out to Georgia. We lost him a few years ago. We miss him. Uh, but he was a great, he was like the professor. He's a, he had a great mind for 70s awesome. rock music. He used, to, he used to burn CDs for, for Bob yes, and then Bob yeah. would share them uh, with me. And it was just, oh, miss that dude. Good guy. He was, he's a great guy. So now we're going to our selections of for what we selected for seven, uh, best seventies rock songs. So Bob, we're going to lead off with you. Who'd you pick and why? Like I said, uh, the 70s was such a great decade, uh, the best decade for rock and roll music. Uh, it was extremely hard to make this choice, but having thought about it, you know, it didn't take me long to think of, of, of the, my top two choices, but this song automatically stood out. And when you mentioned 70s rock music, this is the first song that comes to most people's mind. Uh, I chose Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, arguably the greatest rock band of all time and and this song is largely considered probably the greatest one of the greatest rock songs of all time and not just in the 70s uh led zeppelin ushered in a new generation of rock in 1969 with hits like dazed and confused and communication breakdown and a whole lot of love and heartbreaker and these were all these awesome mix of this hard rock and this blues and a little touch of psychedelic here and there they really changed the game when it came to rock and roll uh that guitar play of jimmy page and that 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 crazy awesome uh high voice of robert plant became the sound of 70s rock and roll in the night in 1970 off the album number four led continued their rock dominance with songs like black dog when the levy breaks which is a cover of course and their most popular song of the 70s stairway to heaven uh, the song mixes jimmy page acoustic slash folk guitar play with plants haunting voice and it builds and it builds and it builds as this as the song progresses and moves on until finally john bonham's drums kick in and the tempo you know starts to pick up uh, Jimmy Page student takes over with this awesome electric guitar solo that's just one of those where you can just lean back and just jam out to with your eyes closed and Plant just I mean and, and Plant just starts with more power in his voice in that final verse man it just makes for such an excellent song man it's one of those rock songs that just starts off so slow and so simple and it just builds up to this great thing and that damn guitar solo it's it's one of my favorites and it's so simple it's really nothing crazy it's no eddie van halen but it's so fucking perfect for this for this era and this decade and, and this type of song it just defines 70s rock and roll this this song uh that lead singer that band those drums what they came up with it's just it's 70s rock music uh, it just shows the type of range that led zeppelin had Throughout their entire late 60s and, and throughout the 70s, uh, what type of band they were, what they're able to create, you know, that perfect mix of psychedelic and, and blues and, and hard rock with a little bit of folk and, and a little bit of, of, of something different. It's my favorite, if I want to say one of my favorite bands of all time. And this song just stands out above the rest. When you think of 70s rock music, you think of Led Zeppelin and you think of Stairway to Heaven. I'd have to say uh, a lot of the stuff you said, man, I, uh, I'll admit, I'll, I agree with a lot of it. It's going to be really hard to try to argue anything against it because this is probably also one of my favorite songs. I mean, it's it could be considered one of the most uh, famous rock songs of all time. What's funny is it actually wasn't a, a chart hit because it wasn't released as a single, uh, which is really fucking crazy. You know, radio stations received uh, the promotional single, which, uh, you know, afterwards it became a collector's item because of the song was so fucking huge. I think when i hear this song man and, and and you're right you you mentioned it's so fucking like haunting in the beginning uh i can't specifically remember the first time i heard it but i it, it the feeling doesn't change uh i when i hear it the intro guitar part uh the the slow soft uh vocals starting that opening line 
there's a lady you know that's fucking crazy i'm not gonna sing the song obviously because i can't do it sing it Governor. no i'm not gonna do it <laughs> no no stairway no stairway bro <laughs> can't do it can't do it um you know um uh, it's 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 uh it's taken it's a legend the song is a legend in itself with the 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 way it was recorded the the tempo the tempo change like you said the simple guitar solo in it, another one too where if you uh, i don't know if you're aware of um supposed urban legend uh what's the term back masking is that when you if you play the the record backwards you hear some kind of uh hidden words i think it's oh. called i think it's called back masking yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it, so there's that urban legend about that i know it's bullshit it's, but uh, well, it's it's tied closely to 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 jimmy page since he was a big uh yeah believer in, and practitioner in the occult and stuff like yeah. that so yeah, I know they, they interviewed Robert Plant and Robert Plant was like, oh, that's bullshit. You know how much yeah. time it would take for us to exactly. record something backwards on an album? Yeah. I know, I know. It's stupid. I mean, Come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I've, I'm not going to lie. I've heard it and I'm like, if you hear it long enough and, and somebody puts the words in front of you, you can be like, Okay, yeah, I, I guess I can kind of hear that, but it's you got to you had to be really searching for something. Like it that. probably says some shit like join the navy or some shit. <laughs> and when you play it backwards, I thought that was uh, what's it called? The village people. <laughs> you know, it's um, the lyrics are. I think they're pretty. You know, well, no, they're actually a mystery, and and they've they've given some insight into them. But if you didn't know, you know, anything about this song, you'd probably not wonder what the hell these lyrics are. But again, just it's tough to argue uh, anything against it. No, I can't even argue that it's not their best song. I mean, that's a whole another pod, which maybe we'll get into another day for sure. Um, but just one, I think, and it's the end, the song, the way you just like the build up, like you mentioned, the beginning, then the fucking when it kicks, and then when it ends, that fucking, you know, that voice at the end where it gets quiet and she's, oh man, it's, it's just a really great song, man. It's a great pick. Hats off to you. I applaud you uh, for picking this one. It's probably one of the best. I think uh, no doubt Led Zeppelin is one of the most popular and influential bands. Uh, every decade you have a, a big uh, Led Zeppelin, a wannabe group. Uh, in the 80s, it was Whitesnake. Uh, uh, today, it's uh, Greta Von Fleet. Who, Joseph, you introduced me to. I remember you sending me a text four years ago. Who do these guys sound like? And I couldn't really hear. I was at work. They fucking sound like Rush. He's like, no, listen, who do they sound like? I was like yeah, it's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. How dare you say Rush? <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that, uh, 100 songs across eight studio albums spanning 12 years and the lineup i want for those of you who like sports imagine you were drafting your fantasy football team you had the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks one of the best tight ends one of the best wide receivers and one of the best running backs impossible right that is led zeppelin they probably had a top five musician on each of their instrument it was like a super band that wasn't a band. And I think when people think of greatest bands of all time, they're going to say the Beatles and they're going to say the Stones one and two. I think a lot of people say Led Zeppelin is three. And I think at times they get disrespected as a distant three. And I think Robert Plant kind of alludes to that during his interviews. And, and you know, it's funny, Bob, because the last time we did a, a best uh, decade song, you had selected Sounds Like Teen Spirit. And my argument was the lead singer did not like the song or performing that song. I'm going to do a little deja yeah, vu. I, I, figured, I figured you were. I figured you were. <laughs> yes, that's where I'm going. 
Robert Plant has reflected on the classic Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, as even though he admired the musical construction, he couldn't relate to it. He said, okay, you know what? They We've penned this great song. I have the voice for it. But I think Robert Plant, and I'm with Robert Plant on this. I think when you go to a Beatles concert, you don't just shout out, hey, play Let It Be, because they have such a great catalog. When you go to the Rolling Stones concert, you don't shout out, hey, play uh uh, uh satisfaction because they have such a, a vast catalog and you have this band led zeppelin who lasted longer than the beatles in terms of popularity who never had a lineup change like the rolling stones uh had you know a decade after decade and you're associating them so tightly with this one song and, and granted they have they have dozens and dozens upon dozens of songs that we all love and that, that they're very popular but stairway to heaven is like their signature signature song and i think robert plant thinks or he knows, because I think we know, that Stairway to the band is bigger than to have a signature song. You have a signature song if you're a fucking right said Fred, or if you're, you know, Oasis or whatever. You don't have a signature, you don't have a signature song when you're Led Zeppelin. Your whole catalog is to be revered. And I understand the frustration. I think Robert Plant thinks that Stairway to Heaven is is a kind of a song that radio DJs play when they're taking a shit break and, and you know, and they're and they're coming back on, on live. And he's kind of disowned it and kind of thought, like, well, I don't want to play it live because that's what people are waiting for. It's kind of like that old joke where. You know, when you uh, people go to a Leonard Skinner concert and they hey, hey, play Freebird, I think Led Zeppelin knows, especially Robert Plant knows that he's bigger than that. Now, to contradict that, I remember the Kennedy Center's Honors Awards in 2012 when Hart performed this song. They did a, a fucking awesome rendition of Stairway yeah, to Heaven. Did. And yeah, Robert Plant was in tears. He was he was emotional. So, you know, he has a soft spot for the song. You know, he loves this song. But. I just think that this this band and you see it in in movies and you see it as jokes or whatever that this song this band is so closely associated with Stairway to Heaven that it's almost unfair for such a great band to be you know associated with one single song when this band had hit after hit uh, uh, before and I know you're going to respond to that Bob and Joseph but before we uh, um, uh, say that this band a little uh, trivia here they were sued by a band called Spirit claiming that Zeppelin ripped off the main riff from a song called Taurus. If you, if you want to take a quick nap, download a uh, Taurus by spirit. <laughs> it does sound like stairway to heaven. The, the, the suit got dismissed. First of all, they went to, you know, court and then there was a, a retrial and then they took it to the Supreme court and the Supreme court said, look, we're fucking got more important things to do than to argue Led Zeppelin song. So Led Zeppelin, um, I guess you could say won the case, but the song does sound a little bit like that song. And it's funny because the lead singer said he met Robert Plant. They played snooker. They had drinks. And I was like, yeah, he ripped off your fucking song. No, I don't think so. The fact that they're so associated with that one song, I think it bothers Robert Plant. It probably even bothers me more because I'm so passionate about it. But what are your thoughts on that, guys? Well, for sure, for sure, for sure. Now, and I've listened to interviews and I've watched it. You know, a lot of it, I think it has to do too with a little bit of what you might call sour grapes. You know, this was Jimmy Page's song he mostly wrote it he came up with the arrangement and it was his baby so you know robert platt you know being being the lead singer and you know as lead singers do you know they kind of want to do their own thing they want to sing things their own way and they want kind of want the band sound to be a, a certain way and and plant and and jimmy page definitely butted heads more than a few times when they it did, came yes. to, to, to music and the album. And I, I think there was, I forgot what song it was. Uh, Plant wrote a song about his son after his son passed away. Yes, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jimmy Page, you know. Didn't like it. Yeah, Didn't like it at all. You know. He didn't like the arrangement. He didn't want people to think that this is what Led Zeppelin is going to start sounding like. Right. And he was afraid that that was the thing. But he was like, he was so 
of course, he loved he loved uh, uh, Robert Plant. So he's like, we're going to put this song on the album. I just want to say up front that this is his song for his son, not the direction we're going. So I think they butted heads a lot. And since this was Jimmy Page's baby, you know, it was a lot of sour grapes that Jimmy Page wrote this song. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Page came up with the arrangement and it was such a huge success. Plant doesn't really have to do much. You know the range that Plant has and, and all the notes and crazy runs and all that great stuff he can do with his voice. And his voice is so subdued and so, like like I mentioned, the word haunting in this song. So it's a little bit different for him. And I think that, that played a big role. Now, having said that, and not to sound contradictory to my own choice, I don't think Stairway to Heaven is the best Led Zeppelin song of all time. And uh, hopefully at one point we can get into that that as a great topic. You know, communication, breakdown, days and confuse, whole lot of love is is probably my favorite uh, yeah uh, my favorite led zeppelin song and what's nuts is when the topic first was brought up i was like whole lot of love but led zeppelin not even fucking close i didn't even think like i said it was like whole lot of love and and and, and stairway to heaven and i was like well, it's got to be a whole lot of love and then looking back on it i was like shit it came out in 69 but that song was so fucking influential and so good it wasn't just played in 69 it was played in 70 it was played in 71 it was played in 72 and to to talk about joseph's point Zeppelin never released singles, which is mm-hmm. pretty great, dude. They released albums, and I thought that that was fucking awesome. That in their they first were big, too their big. First yeah. album, they they never released a single. They never singled out one song. They wanted it to be about the album, and I think that's another thing that that maybe played a big role in Robert's plant not liking, or not not I guess eventually resenting right. uh, "Stairway to Heaven" is because it got singled out as a single in that album, and there's so many great songs from that album. I, I think the song uh, that he wrote, I think it was All of My Love for his song. Yeah, I'm not, it was All of My Love. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make love. sure. Yeah, and, and Robert Plant, I mean, I'm sorry, Jimmy Page wasn't happy with it, but he knew it meant a lot to to Robert Plant. And when you have two geniuses in a band and you saw it with McCartney and Lennon, you're going to butt heads. It's it's inevitable. So, yeah, it's a good thing they work things out. Joseph, you have anything else? Well, to your point, Bob, uh, again, we'll have to get into it because... I mean, when the levee breaks, I think it's just a phenomenal oh, fucking shit, song. Another great fucking so, song. So I man. mean, it's it's um, Led Zeppelin in itself is a whole fucking podcast. I think we missed. I think we dropped the ball and didn't mention that one. You know, when the levee breaks is is a is a cover of an old blues song. Yeah, I but, think I think we may have dropped the ball on that one. That was a great cover. I mean, not as good as as Kurt uh, Kermit the Frog's hurt, but it's up there, man. It's up there. Uh, having said that, I, it, I, I know we always kind of go off topic a little bit. Well, one of the topics I know I mentioned it a while back was we'd mentioned talking about the most. Let me see if we can think about it. Randy, maybe help me out here. Right. It was like a pop culture legend or a pop culture. Yeah, we're t- we're we're uh, we were going to do a show on best uh, pop culture legend, urban you know, legend. and, and urban, I, yes, best urban pop legend, culture, yes. urban legend. There we and, go. And then and then we decided to nix it because I was gonna go with the gerbil up Richard Gere. Yeah, never mind. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. go, go. no I, I, think, I think that would be such a great topic, especially having done so much research. And like I said, I absolutely love Led Zeppelin and and I love all their music and and, and going into the specifics and the band members and such a hard, rough and shitty life that Robert Plant had, especially in the seventies. Are you going to talk about the shark? Yeah. Yeah. No, not the shark. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) And then, uh, uh, which was found out to be an urban legend, by the way, John Bonham was there though, apparently anyways, uh, like all the, the Jimmy page occult stuff is pretty cool. And, and, and reading about that, learning about that, man, I was one on a damn, I went down the rabbit hole. Like I mentioned the other day, Jimmy page, Page, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, Jimmy page cut his teeth as a, as a religious, uh, like he was playing in churches, right? Growing up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's, what's cool about that? He was like a prodigy. Yeah. 
He was like, what's crazy, he's a prodigy. He was mostly self-taught. And apparently they found the guitar in the house that they had moved into. Like, and nobody knows where it came from. They don't know if it was left over. They don't know if an uncle had left it or a friend had left it. But they found the guitar in a closet, in the back of a closet. And that's how he learned how to play. Pretty fucking cool. That is a cool. And Joseph, I I, want to get your thoughts on, because you introduced introduced me to this band. Uh, Greta Van Fleet, um, I know they're not a 70s band, but they sound very much like a 70s. What is your take? Are you a fan? Uh, They sound so much like Led Zeppelin. I, I think Robert Plant has given them compliments. What are your thoughts on them? You introduced me to them. Talk a little bit about Greta Van Fleet and your thoughts on them. I am a fan and I think it's just because of, you know, my love of nostalgia. It it works because, you know, we're not going to see any new Led Zeppelin music. We're not. As much as I enjoy hearing them, I can always just go put on, you know, their albums or, or, or you know, listen to them on Amazon or, or something like that. I just think it's really, I, I, I am a fan of... Um, I don't know. There's there's that whole argument about like, okay, well, he sounds too much, but at the same time, is it is it his fault? Is he unless he's like absolutely trying his best to to sound the, like Paige? The problem the problem is like right. is is they interviewed him and I saw an interview with Robert Plant. And they asked him about Greta Van Fleet, and he's like, oh, they asked him any bands he like. He was like, yeah, there's a new one. It's called Greta Van Fleet, and he like kind of mm. has this smile, this smirk, and it's kind of a backhanded compliment that he likes them, and he was. But then he kind of does like this rolling of the eyes and smirk. He was like, yeah, apparently the lead singer says he was influenced by uh, Aerosmith. And after he says that, Robert Plant rolls his eyes and like, come on, man. Come on, motherfucker. He, come sounds, on, like motherfucker. His, he sounds like his kid, man. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Exactly, I mean exactly. he I think, sounds. I think if the, the lead singer for Greta Van Fleet were to come out and be like, you know, I was a huge Zeppelin fan and, 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 and Aerosmith fan and, and Steven Tyler wanted to seem like them wanted to be like them and you know that's what my music is heavily influenced on i think he'd get a, a bigger pass maybe but saying that oh yeah they asked him about led zeppelin he's like no it's more aerosmith and you're like come yeah, on this man, guy this on. this guy sounds more like robert plant and we just saw the the preview for the the many saints of newark the sopranos uh Oh yeah, it looks badass. This, this guy sounds more like Rob than fucking James Gandolfini's son looks like him. That's how <laughs> this guy sounds like Robert Plant, and it's incredible. You get uh, and, and the musicianship—they're a good band. Uh, I don't think they yeah. touch. I don't think they touch the guitar, uh, drums, stylings, bass. I don't think. I think it's just the voice, but they sound so much like Led Zeppelin. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's and, and I guess. And again, there's going to be people out there that are going to be like, you know, no, you know, fuck those guys. They sound too much. You're copying that Zeppelin. And I'm just a fan of, of music in general. So if, if it's something I can dig, like if I actually dig the sounds, because I've listened to, to people that sound like somebody. I just heard a, a band the other day on YouTube. I don't remember their name, but I mean, the dude was doing everything he can to imitate uh, the look, the style, the movements of uh, Jonathan Davis from Corn. I'm a big I was I'm a big Corn fan, too. I was Corn kid. In, and I thought he sucked like he was horrible and and i don't remember the name nor am i going to mention them because i don't want to give him any you know promotion but like i can jam you know greta van fleet and i guess that's you know that's it's it's, it's going to be your preference are you one of these like huge fans it's like no no fuck them i mean i've there's a lot of bands that have come out the you know in the later in the early 2000s that, that uh you know the singer kind of sounded like um like kurt and did we hate him no, not. No. I mean, the guy from Puddle of Mud. Yeah. Oh, except God. for that one. Except for that one. <laughs> oh, Please, dude. No, no, no. He, sounds, he sounds like Nirvana. He sounds like Kurt Cobain when he doesn't want to. But when he tries to sound like Kurt Cobain, yeah, then he doesn't fucking sound like him. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. it's going to just come down to to your, your preference. I And I dig them. And I've heard some of the I think they had released a new album recently. I'm sorry, Bob. No, um, keep going. Keep going. Uh, I think they released a, a new album 
very recently and I heard a little bit of it and, and it didn't sound so much. Uh, obviously the vocals are going to sound the same, but the music didn't sound so much as like seventies rock. They're, they're, they're evolving, I guess. And they're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, they, they are trying to change up kind of maybe uh, separate themselves a bit. Yeah. Yeah. They mm-hmm. have to. Uh, one, but, one last point I want to say, just because you'd mentioned, you know, Led Zeppelin's not making any new albums. Well, if you're a fan of, of Robert Plant and Alison Cross first album, yes, they're actually in the studio right now. Uh, making a second album with i robert plant allison cross and i know Have it's you ever not heard that, that, that yeah oh, that's a shit, country, country singer right it's, it's, it's kind of yeah she's yeah. a country singer yeah and theirs is like I, this i remember this a video cool where mix, they're man. they're dancing together in a video and it's kind of like that's robert plant kind of dancing uh it, i don't remember but anyway saying dancing days you don't think <laughs> Another great song, though. Another great yeah. Zeppelin song. Oh, yeah. we didn't even we didn't even mention No Quarter, dude. So I mean, Jesus, yeah. and I, yeah, the, it's No endless. Quarter. I do. I mean, it's just so much to talk about. When we talk about Led Zeppelin. I, I said at one point, maybe it should have just been its own different beast. It had it should have had its own different show, uh, <laughs> something like the Beatles or something like that. You know, maybe we should have like maybe kept that off to the side because we could probably but ramble we, on and on and on. Well, no, no pun intended. But we couldn't we couldn't do this podcast hey, that's, without that's messing with them though. We couldn't we couldn't do this podcast without me, without you know yeah mentioning them though Imagine. so it, it just would have been you can't do it. We'll go ahead and go on to our next selection, Joseph. Who did you select? All right, so I went. Uh, this is it was a tough one, obviously. Like we've all mentioned, I went with uh, "Money" by Pink Floyd. Great just yeah, just uh, another great band from the you know, and it, this kind of goes with what we mentioned earlier you know picking a lot of these songs uh, when when me and bob and i'm sure you too randy were reviewing them you know we had to like go i go back and check and ask ourselves wait a minute did that come out in the 70s or did it come out in the 60s it was that real fine line of when you know and so i had to look make sure again that this one came out in the 70s and it did and actually this is probably if you look at their albums you look at their uh, their catalog the first i think four or three albums that come out in the 60s and i think there's one more in this uh, one that might come out in the 70s before this you don't really remember them and you don't really know them it was this album this is the one that took them off it came out early in the 70s but i mean it was i'll get into it right now released in 1973 from possibly one of the best albums i've ever heard ever released uh the dark the dark side of the moon uh the song is about the bad things that money can bring which is kind of ironic considering it made pink floyd a ton of money (laughs) as it's it's as it it sold over uh, 30, 34 million copies, uh, probably more at this point. Uh, David, David, uh, yeah. David Gilmore, I'm saying his yeah, name correctly. Dave, Dave Gilmore is a freaking phenomenal guitar player. Uh, he gives a song that really fucking sweet groove that you hear uh, when this song kicks off. Uh, although I believe Roger Waters uh, wrote most of the tune and the lyrics, actually, I think... Uh, Gilmer's has even mentioned this. Uh, it contains the sound of it's funny. The intro that little intro contains the sounds of uh, tearing paper and bags of coins being thrown into an industrial food mixing bowl. The intro was uh, recorded by capturing the sounds of an old cash register on tape yeah. and meticulous, meticulously splicing and cutting the tape uh, in rhythmic in a, in a rhythmic pattern to make the cash register loop effect. The recording of this song was is phenomenal. You have to you know. I'm not going to go into it here, but if you read on it, they were doing some really awesome things with this song and, and recording of this album. There was a lot of splicing, a lot of uh, layers being laid down on the track, and they had to do it the hard way. You know, they were, they, there wasn't um, the digital... Uh, those in the seventies and early, so there wasn't really anything digital, and there was uh, there wasn't they they had to you had to cut and paste a lot of this shit together, and they and they worked meticulously on this song to get that sound. And 
boy, did it did it work. Uh, another fun fact, though, the lyrics contain the word bullshit, as we all know, which was actually left out in the original release, but their record company, oh, it was it was left in the original release, excuse me, but their record company quickly put out a version uh, with the word removed, which is weird, uh, which became known as uh, the bull blank version, because we all know it says bullshit. Uh, I guess they weren't as used to uh, curse words as we were today, you know, with our music. Right. <laughs> Along with uh, Us and Them, this is one of the two songs on the album that uses a saxophone, which was played by uh, Dick Perry. The band wanted to experiment with new sounds on these sessions, and and man, did it work out. If you start the CD on the third roar of, uh, of of the MGM line... In the beginning An of Angel Gets Its Wings, <laughs> if you, the beginning of uh, uh, The Wizard of Oz, the film goes to color, or you know the you know you know that moment. Uh, yeah, the film goes to color in the in The Wizard of Oz at the same time. Possibly one of the greatest, another urban legend thing. Uh, and it depends on on who you want to believe. The the Dark Side of the Rainbow, uh, which I have yet to do. Uh, I've been no, meaning to do it. Invite me for that, yeah. Dude, yes, we should. Dude, yes, we should let's do just that. live do that. We'll do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> a fucking two-hour. Yeah, yeah, fucking. Anyway, <laughs> uh, really need to do that because uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, that would be really, really awesome. I, I would love to see it. And and like I said, it, from from front to back, this is one of the greatest fucking albums I've ever heard. You, if you know the songs from it, uh, I struggled with picking a song again. I thought of going with uh, "Cocaine" by Clapton because I thought, you know, that was, you know, that's the '70s, baby. Uh, or "Iron Man" by Sabbath. Um, I really love Sabbath. I, I really am appreciative of the thing of the things that they did for for uh, the influence of a lot of the music that I listen to. But I wanted, uh, but I picked "Money" because I thought, you know what, that's a really great song. It's got a lot of uh, great energy. It's got a great groove. The song is timeless, in my opinion. It's it has an everlasting appeal. The song can come on uh, in a bar, and you know everybody's gonna dig it. I wouldn't recommend any cover bands out there trying to do this one because I think it's just it would be a little too hard. Don't don't, fuck don't with do this. any don't do any don't, Pink Floyd if you're a cover. I guess band. you can. No, I, I mean. I'll give somebody the the benefit of the doubt if they want to try. I wish you were here acoustically. But okay, other than yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's okay. Yeah. Really, that that's it. Oh man, just an awesome freaking song. It's got a lot of everything: groovy bass, uh, great guitar lines, great drums, a, that sexy sax sound. You know, I love that sexy sax sound in, in a song. <laughs> you know, that always works. It's got just the right amount, just the right amount of heaviness. I think you know, it's not too too uh, powerful. It's got a real. Um, awesome groove uh i've already mentioned that the lyrics are good uh and of course the vocals uh flow amazingly i know there aren't a whole lot of lyrics to the song if you read the lyrics but i don't think that matters it's just a really great fucking song i think it it's again very recognizable you think of the 70s you think of pink floyd everybody knows pink floyd the whole psychedelic thing i think uh i know there was the psychedelics in the 60s but i think you know in the 70s we had that too obviously maybe and again this is that fine line between the 60s and the 70s uh so this is you know right around the era they're still doing drugs (laughs) um but it's just really really awesome song on a great album and uh by one of my favorite bands i think it you hear you're always going to hear it's always going to make money on residuals i mean the song comes out in a lot of movies a lot of tv shows uh here and there commercial i think i've maybe heard it but i mean you can be out having a you know a beer or so or just hanging out with some friends and you decide you want to you know i can already picture it in my head you know maybe one of bob's uncles you know if we're out at a party and you hear that thing didn't hearing then one of them jump up and uh, and then start telling the story you know after so. he gives the lighting guy a joint yeah <laughs> it will hear it for the like ten thousand time really great song uh really 
think that this this is a one of the top if i mean if you if you want to look at lists it's it for some reason you know like we've mentioned uh it was um talked about earlier like randy you said it stones and the beatles are obviously gonna always gonna be considered one and two for some reason which is i don't agree with that and and you know we'll, somebody can give me shit for that later go ahead but I, I think because of maybe the subject matter or maybe because but I, I think pink floyd is up there i mean definitely up there and i think this song is up there if it's not in the top 10 it really should be and if for some reason it's not well then that's just not a great fucking list so that's my pick, guys. I, I agree with you on, on Pink Floyd being, uh, I mean, we need to give them their flowers, man. They are an amazing band. I don't think they're talked enough when it comes to great rock bands. I think when we think of Pink Floyd, we think of such a different experimental type of uh, music, musicianship that they exhibit that we don't we don't give them the credit because they don't put they don't put out the bangers like like some of the other bands. Uh, little you mentioned that it's, this has been used in a lot of movies. Uh, it was actually considered to be the original intro to Reservoir Dogs. Quentin Tarantino wanted money on that on that first. He he went with Little Green Bag uh, just because of the nostalgia factor. But I don't I can't picture money being in that in that first uh, Reservoir Dogs scene. But a great song, of course. The yeah, bass, I don't think it would have worked. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. Uh, the bass line and the guitar solo just so yoke. It's magic. I mean, the bass line will will just hook you from the beginning. Uh, the guitar solo the guitar solo is great. Uh, to have money and time on the same album is brilliant. You took a concept album and you expose all these meta concepts that we all are concerned about time, money, you know, just an amazing album. One of the best of all time. My uh, only argument is my favorite money from the seventies is, is Eddie money. So I was hoping you'd go with two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> two tickets <to> <laughs> and, um, You know, and, and you mentioned the sax solo. Uh, that's another dispute I'll have uh, the sax. Are we really fans of it? I mean, I, I don't think, I think it went on a little too long. Uh, do we really need a long, a solo? a sax solo that goes on for this long in a rock yes. song it's, yes no i don't you know i you said it's a sexy sax it's a grungy sax. it's this is the <laughs> kind of sax that you go and do a line of coke in a public bathroom while you're listening to this kind of saxophone music i'm not a fan of the sax and it goes way too long and i just don't i'm not a fan of, of the sax in this song i mean it's a great song it's unassuming not a punching your face or thumping your heart kind of song but does that lower its rocks does that lower its rock cred i mean the sax what are your thoughts on the sax bob uh, well, I mean, the sax depends, is great. It, it, the sax, sax is always great. I mean, first off, I don't know what you're talking on about. Fire. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, if you're talking Pink Floyd and that perfect mix of of psychedelic and blues, uh, rock and roll, and extremely underrated, I, I think the saxophone plays a big role in a lot of their songs. My favorite song from them is, is as Joseph knows, uh, "Shine On," you crazy diamond. That song yes. is a few lyrics. Oh yeah, great. Great arrangement, fucking beautiful bluesy guitar. They have a saxophone little little uh, solo there. It's fucking amazing, man. It, it really, really is. I know some people might not think uh, saxophone really fits, but I mean, fucking ska was a thing for a while, and you could play a trumpet in the goddamn. Uh, I mean, a lot of bands have experimented with with orchestras, and and I don't think uh, using a saxophone, especially like a bass sax or or, or, or both, they use a regular saxophone as well. Uh, really play a big role into it. Uh, I, I love Pink Floyd. To side with Joseph on one of the arguments is that the most recognized album in the 1970s is Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. It's a, it's the album everybody had to have. It's the, it's the album that everybody wants to have. You want to put it on your mantle. You want to make sure you have it in your collection. You want to play that shit from start to finish. That whole entire album screams 70s. And yes, you know, it's it's still heavily influenced by the 60s with that psychedelic, that psychedelic type of tone. But then they cleverly mix it with blues and a little hard rock and some great solos where i think joseph maybe 
not drop the ball because I love money was picking the song choice on the same album. Time time is probably one of the greatest rock songs of the seventies. Wish you were here from 19 in 1975 from the wish you were here album. There was like a four song album. Great fucking song. Probably in my top three when it comes to 1970s songs, those two songs, man, they're just so, so amazing. And I think, and I love money. I, I love the song money. Don't get me wrong, but time and wish you were here. They deserve a spot ahead of it. If I could have one argument against you, Joseph, for that pick, uh, it's not against the band. It's not against the album because that's the greatest seventies rock album. And I, 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 there's, there's no argument. It's a better album than any Led Zeppelin album it, as a whole in the seventies. In the, when you listen to the entirety of the album from start to finish, is it a better, is it a better seventies album than Abba's Waterloo? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. <laughs> and we're talking about sexy sax right now. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, even even I mean, if Pink Floyd's, let me just say this: if Pink Floyd's The Wall album came out anytime sooner than 1979, I don't think we'd even be having this conversation as well. Comfortably numb with oh, is yeah. oh it's God, arguably yeah. you know uh, their best one of their best songs, top two, top three songs of all time. The only bad thing about it i think is since it came out in 79 it, i can't say that it defines the 70s rock music you know what i mean uh picking a song from the dark side of the moon that came out in 73 picking money or picking time or even picking wish you were here which came out in 75 i think that's like the definition of 70s rock and and it stood the test of that decade and was such a great and popular song throughout that decade let me see uh what 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 I really like about this uh, song, and uh, and yes, uh, I I agree with you uh, on some of that, Bob. You know, I I had to pick a song that I thought was, you know, I kind of had to add the factor of uh, just because I, I had to ignore the just because I like it and it's really one of my. I had to try to think of like, okay, this has got to be something that, you know, everybody really fucking liked. Everybody, it was so popular. It was so it was a fucking hit because personally, us and them on that album. Oh, I love that song. Oh, but you're not going to hear it. Don't not change gonna, that song. You're not going to hear it. Don't change no. that fucking song. You're, you're, you're not going to hear, you know, was it like, was us and them the one that like, uh, you know, that uh, that everybody was, uh, you know, jamming to on the on the drive to uh, to the to the bar or something, you know, in the 70s. So I, I picked money because I thought, you know what, this is the one that at least, you know, it can get, you know, obviously, you know, the girls like it, the guys like it, everybody likes it. It's really popular. Um what I really like about this song too, in general, uh, is the, the time stamps on, on the instruments. Uh, what I love about Pink Floyd is Pink Floyd is probably one of the most responsible bands for one of my favorite bands tool. If, if you look at Pink Floyd in a whole, they, they, they're seventies rock band, but they're also considered a progressive, uh, rock band. And, and, there's that whole movement too. There's a whole progressive rock scene that's a uh, little, you know, out there with uh, the timestamps of the of the and the the overlaying of of the the music, and that's a lot of what Tool does. And they're like probably one of my favorite bands. Uh, and I, I I gotta be thankful for this for this song for this album in general. Go yeah, ahead. I think seventies rock man, the seventies rock like we said, it created all these genres of rock and roll. And not maybe not all of them, but most of them. And it had huge influence on what we see in some of our favorite bands, like STP, like Tool, even a little bit of grunge, even metal. I, I agree on the comfortably numb assessment. One of my favorite. I also really like Young Lust. I think that's a great song too. Love listening to that song. Um, that that whole the, you like a lot of songs whole. about love and heartbreak, don't you? <laughs> I do. 
Young You're Young like, Lust. Fuck, I don't I don't want to hear the saxophone. It makes me cry. <laughs> young Young Lust is a great fucking song. The whole the way they they presented it with the 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 fake call at the end. If you don't know, yeah. it's not a real call. It's a and you can read the story on it. Um, I remember when I first heard that song, I was like, wow, that's pretty fucked up. I mean, I mean we didn't even mention it. <laughs> yeah. I think even even going through doing research and going through the videos, I mean, everybody thinks of another brick in the wall. Oh, yeah. they, think of that, they, think of, they think of that as the best song from the 70s from Pink Floyd. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I could see you. It's a great song, man. It was probably their most popular. But again, came out in 79 and I just don't think it had enough time like and it's, it's and it's actually like three parts like it's yeah it's it was weird. number two oh, don't get me two. wrong I, I love the song but you have to like know the other parts yeah before, you, you know you didn't mention great gig in the sky is a fucking awesome song from pink floyd's dark this Seven. is a, uh, could be a whole another fucking conversation yeah just happened yeah. With you know, Led zeppelin <laughs> to, to wrap up on pink floyd i remember the 80s they released a very uh 70 sounding song learning to fly which is a great song the era had bypassed them i i think they're very much a 70s band and that's not that's not a dig on pink floyd i think that's a compliment because we talk about the the exponential product the 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 amazing influence that 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 decade had i mean i don't don't think they came across pedantic or or you know just as as a bypass but i think uh, learning to fly was was a great song but i don't think people were into floyd i think we're we're way past that in the 80s so they're very much a band of that decade but i mean i think they're having their comeuppance i think people are really appreciating them now you go to youtube you go to itunes and people are downloading their music you're getting a whole new generation into pink floyd and i'm happy to see that i think that's great uh, we're going to go on to my pick. Um, my pick is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Uh, yes, I, I have a lot to song. say. I have a lot to say on this song. A progressive rock song. Top the UK singles charts for nine weeks. It was UK's uh, third best-selling single of all time behind Candle in the Wind 97. And don't and do they know it's Christmas? It only reached number nine uh, on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Americans are so undignified. They, they didn't know genius when they saw it, right? <laughs> it was years in the making from Freddie Mercury. He essentially put three songs together and worked on it for years. It was so complex, dramatic contrast, tempo changes, rhythm bouncing, blending genres. Uh, this is the only song I could think of that had four lives. It had several revivals. It was popular upon its release. It was popular again once Freddie Mercury died. And then shortly thereafter, when it was used on Wayne's World in that in that very um, uh, memorable scene at the beginning. Uh, and it's funny because it only reached number two on the billboards. The, the song that kept it out of number one, uh, Jump by Criss Cross. And of course, it was popular after <laughs> the, the- Daddy Mac make Yes, they did. Yeah, like, who, who would have thought, right? It was popular after the Queen biopic of the same name. Remember, the title of the biopic was Bohemian Rhapsody, not Fat Bottom Girls. That could maybe be a Sir Mix-a-Lot uh, biopic title. Uh, even Brian Wilson praised the song as the most competitive the most competitive thing that's come along in ages. Brian Wilson was a perfectionist. It was opera as opposed to folk. It, was, it, it went from slow to fast. It received two Grammy Award nominations for Best Pop Vocal Performance by a duo group or chorus and Best Arrangement for Voices. And in December of 2018, Bohemian Rhapsody officially became the most streamed song from the 20th century, surpassing Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit and Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. And Bohemian Rhapsody also became the most streamed classic rock song of all time. So what is this song about? That Some say the song is about a young man who accidentally killed someone and sold his soul to the devil. It, some say that it's about Freddie Mercury coming out, as his partner Jim Hutton had mentioned, that this was Freddie Mercury uh, coming out. Um, Mercury claimed it was random. It was rhyming. It was nonsense. Of course, he's he's a genius. He's going to say that. But my two biggest 
I guess, arguments about this song is it's had four revivals across five decades already. And it's also the most streamed song of the 20th century, the most streamed classic rock song. It's different. It's got rock. It's got opera. It's got, you know, several different, it's got, you know, several different styles, different languages. And it's just, it's never going to, it's never going to go away. I I think it's going to be revived again in some musical somewhere down the line. It's just classic queen. I, I will argue that Freddie Mercury has the best voice ever. I'm sure that the podcast will have in the future. And I guess I'm spoiling my pick, but Freddie Mercury just had just the best voice. They had a tremendous band. And I think the song endures. And to me, that's why it's the best uh, song, rock song of the 70s. Guys? Well, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Freddie Mercury is one of the greatest frontmans of all time. I mean, his voice, his stage presence, uh, man, the way he can get the crowd going. A lot of his music is just so fucking good, man. And, and throughout the 70s, he's, they put out, Queen put out some major, major hits. And when you chose this song, I mean, this is one of the ones I thought of at the beginning as well. Like such a great, great, great song from the 70s. It's one of the most, I mean, like I said, Fre- Freddie Mercury, greatest frontman, one of the greatest frontmen of the 70s, most recognized voice of the 70s. Again, you know, it, it does throw me off a little bit that they used it in Wayne's world. You know, it's kind of used as kind of in the comical sense, you know, kind of throws me, uh, it throws me off a bit. But Listening to music, and I think this is a big question. And before I finish my argument, I'm just going to throw out the question out there for you and Joseph. Does the greatest 70s song have to sound like it's from the 70s? Does it have to define the 70s? And that's my biggest question because I've there's a lot of music. And when I hear Leonard Skinner and I hear Stairway to Heaven, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that reminds me of 70s music, 70s rock music. When I hear Bohemian Rhapsody, that just reminds me of one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it necessarily encompasses what the 70s rock music is. Now, do you think to be the greatest rock song of the 70s, it has to sound like 70s rock? Does it have to fit that bubble? What do you think? I I don't think so. I I think when we mentioned, I think that's a great question, by the way. And I think when we talked in the beginning that the 70s was kind of a breakthrough decade for many things. When you had the 60s, it was a lot of, yeah, they were going into psychedelic, they were going into folk, but a lot of it was coming off the 50s, which was a lot of like bubblegum pop and, you know, shake and shuffle and stuff like that. Um, I think the 70s really opened it up for a free for all uh, where rock was was different styles. It was Baroque. It was punk. It was progressive. Uh, it was it was uh, goth. It was it was there was several different styles. I don't but I get what your argument is, because if you ask me, hey, name a 70s song, I'm probably going to say Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith before I say Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, just because that song is like a 70s jukebox. You go into a bar, it gets covered by a band, you're having a drink, that's the song they're going to play. And, and it's it's kind of those songs of those ilk that that really are popular at, at, at bars and at, at settings and stuff. Because Bohemian Rhapsody is one of those things that you listen to it when you're watching a movie or when you just want to just listen to it. You don't really like exercise to that. Song. Oh, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I don't think it's, it's a workout song. I don't think it's a bar drinking song. I think it's just a masterpiece and it's artful. And that's why I think people don't associate it much with this is a classic 1970s rock song because it's not, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a song that you relish and enjoy and savor. Whereas these other rock songs, they're good. I mean, I could listen to, you know, give me three steps by Leonard Skinner. Or, that's or a Le- badass song. Though. It's a bad a song lagrange and all these songs that that are that are great like 
sort of like uh, appetizer songs for for 90s but i think when you're getting to the main course of the of, of what's good you got to listen to something different and you really got to savor it and i think that's what bohemian rhapsody allows you to do it allows you to savor the song not just sort of like munch on it like popcorn you get to really enjoy a full meal with this song joseph joseph what do you think about that uh are we are you asking me a question or because yeah, I, I, I haven't spoken, the I haven't is, spoken is, in a while you guys kind of went off so i'm sorry, like okay, sorry. when am i gonna get my thing the, the, the question is the question is i'm not, I'm not done with my but the question was to be the greatest 70s rock song does it have to sound like a 70s rock song because no. I, don't feel, I don't feel like bohemian rhapsody sounds like it's from the 70s it doesn't if, if you could tell me uh, what's the greatest 80s rock song and, and you chose Bohemian Rhapsody, I would probably be like, okay, better. that's an awesome choice because I wouldn't know that it's from the 70s. It could have been the that's 70s, fair. it could have been the 80s. I'm not too sure. I wasn't I, too sure. I actually double checked the date on that. Well, no, my answer to, that, to, your, to your question is is no, it doesn't have to to be a song that sounds like the 70s because if you want to look at it, and this is another fucking thing. I know we mentioned this a bunch of times already. I think Queen was on that that was in that gray area of 70s and 80s. They had a lot of great hits in the 80s as well. This song came out in 70, 79, 77, 77? 75, I think. Seven, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody? I think so. Yeah, 75 is what I got. 82? <laughs> it's, 70, uh, it's the 70s. It's, it's I know, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. No, I know it's I know it's the 70s. Uh, yeah. I think uh, that I can, we have internet here, everybody. Yes. I think 77. 75. 77. So, oh, so Queen, right. Queen, yes, this is a song that came out in the seventies. It's a great fucking song. But uh, no, to your answer, to your answer your question, Bob, no, because a lot of Queen had a lot of good hits too in the early eighties and, and in the eighties in general. This one came out in seventy seven. So these guys, you know, walk that line of uh, you know the seventies going into the eighties, and that's cool. It's like what we mentioned with the sixties and the seventies. Uh, I don't think at that at all this is obviously a really great song, Freddie Mercury. Yes, tremendous vocals. I just I kind of wonder. You know, if what he would sound like, you know, singing, maybe not so much uh, Queen songs. I just, you know, and don't get me wrong. He's been featured on other songs, right? Yeah. Uh, I just can't. Uh, what's a, what was a, what was he that one? He was state, state of Shock with Michael Jackson. I mean, the, the so, one he did with David Bowie, dude. Yeah. What's the uh, one with David Bowie? Oh, uh, yeah, fucking, under pressure. Uh, under pressure. Yeah, I mean, don't say yeah. dancing in the street. Goddamn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not the song. <laughs> under pressure is amazing. And, uh, and, and, and I guess the, those, uh, they're, David Bowie and and Queen's music were, were were similar in style. I just wonder with I mean with like you mentioned his powerful vocals, how they would have sounded with with something like fucking you know just a little bit heavier or something like that. Uh, go ahead, just real quick. Uh, there's a song uh, that was released called "State of Shock" with Michael Jackson and Mick Jagger. Google the original version. The original version is Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson. That right. is a that is a badass song. Uh, "State of Shock," Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury, far superior than the Mick Jagger Michael Jackson version. But go ahead. Uh, you have to check that one out. Uh, the uh, uh, one of the things that so, so the reason why I asked the question in the first place, you know, going back to the greatest uh, '90s rock song, you know, I, I chose "Smells Like Teen Spirit" because I figured that. No, not I figured. I, I think that grunge is the definition of 90s rock. You know what I mean? It started that era, that decade. If there's one type of music or there's one type of rock music that defined the 90s, it was grunge music. And and Kurt Cobain and Nirvana was at, was at the forefront of that. The 70s can be defined by a bunch of different genres of rock music, as we stated at the beginning. And uh, I did have to I did have to Google when Bohemian Rhapsody came out. I was like, I think it was like 1980. I think it was like an 81. 
And, you know, it turns out it came out, what do we say, like 77. So it was the late 70s. Um, I don't feel like it, it really it really defines the 70s. I may be wrong. Uh, like I said, I think it's timeless. I really do think it's timeless. It's it's one of my favorite songs of all time. It doesn't really define 70s rock and roll to me. Uh, I, I would have gone with, you know, even Fat Bottom Girls, it kind of has that 70s feel. We will rock you and, and we are the champions. That totally reminds me of 70s rock and roll. It's got just a better feel for me for 70s rock and roll. Now, are they better songs? No, absolutely not. But do they feel like they're from the decade of the 70s? For sure, for sure, for sure. Now, my last point, and I know I before I've been talking a lot, but I want to make this a point because I feel like this is the most important point, Randy. And I want to see if you can argue against this because I, I don't really do, I don't really think you can. So if you think Kermit the fucking frog did a great version of Hurt, have you heard the Muppets version of Bohemian Rhapsody? I fucking have. Gonzo blows the doors <laughs> off of Bohemian Rhapsody. He makes Freddie Mercury look like Freddie who? God damn it. That's a better version of the song. And I will go to my grave thinking that way. Joseph if- posts that. <laughs> oh, shit. No, I wanted, I wanted to just throw that out there because we did cover songs. You were talking about Kermit, so. Ahead, uh, it's actually I laughed about that because I showed that to my kids earlier. I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody on YouTube and my kids were kind of watching. And my son's really interested in in 70s rock. And I was like, you want to see something funny? Let me show you something funny. And I played that <laughs> the Muppets version earlier. So I thought <laughs> I got to mention that shit. I got to throw that at Randy earlier awesome. later today. Go ahead, Joseph. Because I have to, you know, kind of be negative, I guess, because you you oh, were negative ahead. to me. Uh, no, <laughs> I just insulted the sax. I didn't insult <laughs> Dave Gilmer. And I'm fucking around. Who doesn't like the sax? <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I just, uh, when I look, when I think about this song, when I hear it as far as like seventies rock songs, yes. I mean, clearly it's a great fucking song. We know, you know, th- there might be some people out there that look at queen and be like, were they a rock band? And they were, uh, I mean, it, this song, when I first heard it, I, you know, it it sounds more ballady. And so, and not to say that ballads aren't good rock songs. Uh, I just, you know, we're, one of the the things that was mentioned with my pick in the best 90s song uh, was that mine wasn't super rock. You know, it wasn't like what what, you know, you know, freaking kick, kick down the door, you know, like that. And so when I hear this song, I, I'm reminded of that. You know, if you listen to it, it isn't a, about until the four minute mark that it just, it, you know, that. Dun, 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 and it kicks in and you know the the head banging part of yeah. Wayne's world and you know that's where the rock kicks in that's where i think his vocals that this is where it answers my what i said earlier excuse me about how he would sound with some some heavier stuff because that part's that part gets heavy and 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 when he starts uh so you think you can you know oh he, he i think that's when he really sounds good i know he had range but he had some he had some some uh some dirt and some grime to 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 that section of the song so it kicks into the rock and i think that's what you know there's that little part and then it you know fades out into that little smoke that ballad again so i guess that's that's my only knock is it's it's not so much rock as it as it is uh just this like um big production of a of a you know kind of like something that you would hear maybe in in a a, a song show it (laughs) <laughs> I, I I did not decide with Randy in it by any means, but uh, the the song it does kind of like you said it has that it takes you on a journey of of, of different styles or genres of rock and roll in that one mm-hmm. song, isn't it? Kind of kind of haunting that 
we talked about the lyrics earlier, but isn't it crazy that the lyrics kind of match the kind of the way that Freddie Mercury went out? You know, he does, you know, mama just killed a man. Uh, he, he ends up, you know, he's talking about him coming out. You know, some people, most people think of it that way. And mm-hmm. then he ended up getting AIDS and passing away of AIDS. And, and the way he kind of went out and passed away and, and matching the lyrics to the song that he thought were just like, oh, they're just rubbish. They don't mean anything. But they it, it just always struck me as, you know, kind of kind of nuts or kind of crazy that the lyrics in this song kind of tied into his real life and how he passed away. I don't want to lionize um, Freddie Mercury. I also don't want to vilify him, but uh, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't very good. I wasn't a fan of, of the movie. Uh, hmm. I thought I thought the best scene was when they were creating the actual Bohemian Rhapsody song. I thought that scene was great. The scene with Mike Myers. Uh, it was, it was fast paced. Too Very, very sloppy editing. You you watch it. I don't know how. I thought the actor, uh, um, what's his name? Rami, Rami Malek. I thought he played a great Freddie Mercury. I was hoping for um, uh, uh, Sa- Sasha Baron. I almost called him Bor- Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, interpretation of Freddie Mercury. I thought he would have made an amazing. He wanted to get more into the, I guess you could say, the dirt of uh, Freddie Mercury's life. But the band wanted to be very protective, as as they as they should be, right? They didn't want the the stuff, the drugs and the, you know, orgies and all that stuff to be the focal point of movie in Freddie's personal life. They wanted the the music to, to be at the forefront. So what could have been an amazing movie was just uh, subpar. Um, so I, I wasn't really a big fan of I don't know if you guys watched it. I wasn't such a big fan of it. I liked it, but I remember watching it and thinking, I really liked it, man. I mean, hearing the story and the origin stories and stuff like that is really cool, especially with, with a band like Queen and a lead singer like Freddie Mercury. But I thought it was really fast-paced. Did you watch it, Joseph, at all? Did you see it? I, I haven't gotten a chance to, to check it out. Um, I just haven't had, fun, had time. It's like one of those things where you're like, if you haven't seen it, no spoilers. Yeah, we're trying to, we won't spoil it for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll see if I it's, find it, it. It's It's a pretty cool movie, man. Like I said, it's, it just, I think it skips... It, it moves forward too quickly. There's some spots where it slows everything down and you get really into it. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. And then it's on to the next thing. Stop banging like, your desk. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Can I, uh, like, uh, do we got time for a question? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Do you, um, what do you think? Um, can you, can you think of any like uh, 70s rock songs that we like, that we maybe mentioned that we really fucking love, but. You know, maybe they were, you know, a one hit wonder situation, but they're so great, you know, fucking songs like um, when I think of like, uh, does anybody uh, does anybody like if you ask somebody like nowadays, I guess maybe back then, does anybody know any other song? Can anybody mention any other song from Blue Oyster Coat, Blue Oyster Coat other than Don't Fear the Reaper? No, I know we can. No, I know we can. But but (laughs) was yeah, was Godzilla like a super hit? I love Godzilla. I'm burning for you is is a good song, too. You know, um, it, is there a song out there that you can that you can think of like, man, that was such a great song. You figured, you know, they'd have the success that Zeppelin, you know, the uh, Beatles, well, things well, I like mean, that. I mean, um, I don't know it, if it would go, go take it that far. I but think it would we, say I think it would be posted, too long. We posted free. They had all right now. Yeah, I really can't yeah. think of any other singles that they, that hit as, true. as high and as great as that song. I think I that think, song was awesome. I, I think another good band was uh, T-Rex, Bang a Gong. Bang a Gong. Yeah, yeah, I just thought of that one right yeah. now, too. I was like that. There's that there's those songs songs out there man i think uh and I, this band had a good career but i was a huge fan of bad company and i thought yeah. they'd be a bigger bigger band they had they had some good songs too that's when i wrote down bad companies bad company that yeah. single was awesome man that was awesome i think and it's funny because we've gone this long and we have not mentioned hotel california and, <laughs> I mean, that was my original pick that was gonna be my pick but i said no you know what's what's pretty crazy is is thinking about that i actually have 
I have a few albums uh, framed in my house, and that's one of them. Not not because of its Hotel California, but because the album cover art is so cool. It it's one of those songs. Another urban think, legend. Yeah, another. It's one of those songs. Urban legend. Yes, it's one of those songs. I think where where a lot of us feel like Robert Plant did. Fucking tired of hearing that song. They just oh, I'm overplayed it and song. overplayed it and overplayed so it. Tired. And overplayed it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I love the song. I think it's a great song. They did a Spanish version, an acoustic uh. version, a live version, this live version, this a violin. Fuck, they had the wood pipe. They've had done everything, every kind of fucking version you can think of for this song. And I think it just grew like a little tiresome for some people. What What is y'all's take on on Kiss? Um, because you know we use them for our cover art, and we we uh, no, we mentioned them. We we did not mention them. Yes, <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I did. I mentioned okay. them as oh, one yeah, of my honorable did, you mentions. Did, you did. You know. You, did. you know. Uh. Uh. I've been made for loving you and Love Gun Uh-oh. and Rock and Roll Night and and Detroit Rock City. Yeah. They had some badass. You know what's what's really crazy? And we, me and Joseph talked about Detroit Rock City, the movie. Everybody was so Great like fucking anti- movie. Yeah, we're like in that movie. Everybody's so anti. Um, uh, disco, like, yeah. fuck disco, disco. I'm dead. making it. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you watch the music videos. It's like we know what Kiss did, right? They put on the costumes, they put on the makeup, they created this hard rock, but they blended in some disco, dude. Yeah, maybe I was I'm, made maybe I'm the only you. one that doesn't yeah. think that thinks that way. But they blended in disco with their rock music, and it kind of created this cool little, this cool little funky type of music. I mean, a lot of their songs are about love, anyways. They're a great fucking '70s rock band. I, think uh, so. I, I really, really like Kiss, especially on the lips. Uh, <laughs> I think that they're they're uh, maybe maybe a little overrated because Gene Simmons thinks that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, but then a little underrated yeah. because uh, I, I feel like they're not talked about a lot when it comes to seventies rock music. Kiss, uh, you can't go wrong. I, I I keep on thinking of Dazed and Confused, and I was trying to think of the soundtrack, and I know they use Kiss and they use uh, Aerosmith and a, and a couple of other bands. And and Joseph, to go back to your question, I can't think of any other bands. I'm sure once we we're done with this with this episode there's going to be like i should have mentioned this and i should have mentioned yeah. that and maybe people on our, our our instagram and our twitter will say you didn't mention this how could you not mention that i mean because even the beatles had a you know early 70s yeah we didn't even really talk about the beatles okay, i mean you know the beatles but i was, was, was going to mention i was going to mention don't let me down don't let me down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my daughter's favorite song one of my favorite songs the music video and everything came out in 1970 great fucking song but, but again again when you think of 70s rock and roll you don't necessarily think of the Beatles. You think that that's yeah. That's 60s. You go with the sixties, yeah. You know what I mean. And I think that played a part. I know you and Joseph might not feel like in mentioning Bohemian Rhapsody and like ah, it doesn't need to necessarily when you think of have to fit the seventies rock and roll mold. But I think it should kind of you know you think of seventies rock and roll. You don't necessarily think of the Beatles, but they were around. They had some hits in, in the early seventies. Yeah. yeah, and they had Imagine. They had uh, uh they like I said, they had uh, mm-hmm. Don't Let Me Down. Those are two huge major songs in their catalog, and it's it's something that everybody kind of bypasses because you think of the Beatles, you think of sixties rock and roll. You know, what I want to mention real quick. I'm sorry, uh, ahead, I did, haven't said Dire Straits. Uh, oh, one yeah. of my favorite bands. <laughs> dire Straits, uh, yeah, man. You know, and so, and to be honest with you, when I used to hear them, I used to kind of. Th- there were times where I thought, like, I, was I listening? Because before I knew who they were, I maybe thought I was listening to uh, to Springsteen, depending on how the song was arranged. It's another and good seventies artist. Yeah. How he, how maybe the song was arranged, run. and uh, and how the the singer was was singing. Uh, I I heard some similarities, and I was like, is you know, and I would ask, and they were, no, it's Dire Straits. It's like, oh shit, you know, Dire, Dire Straits. Uh, Brothers in Arms was an '80s. That was my first '80s cassette that I ever brought. Was Brothers in Arms, Ed Walk Alive, and uh, Money for Nothing. But they, yeah, they were. They started off in the '70s. Bruce Springsteen, Soul Sultans of Swing, 
Stoltz's Swings, a, a great uh, song. Born to Run was another great 70s song. Uh, the Ramones had some some great songs in the late 70s. A lot, I think a lot of people associated with, with the 80s too, but the Ramones had some great songs. But man, there are so many great artists, great bands. And Bob, did you have one more thing you wanted to mention to wrap yeah, us up? I had one last point. I had one last point to make. I know we had talked about in talking about in, in the grand in the grand scheme of things, you know, the greatest bands of all time. And now we we you had mentioned, you know, the the Beatles one and the Rolling Stones two and then Led Zeppelin, you know, they, they usually have them, you know, rounding third. But I honestly think that uh, and now this is a question for y'all too. Because of the 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 hard life that Robert Plant had, because of his car accidents, multiple car accidents and injuries to his children, because of the loss of his son and and all the and the eventual divorce from his wife, you know, he took a lot of time away from Led Zeppelin and he just didn't want to play music anymore. And they had this huge success from, you know, 68 to about 75. And then it kind of he kind of faded off after his son died and he didn't really he didn't really want to do it anymore. Do you think because the longevity of the Rolling Stones making music in the 60s and 70s and the 80s and shit, even in the fucking 90s, right? As as well as, you know, the Beatles taking over, you know, all of the 60s, some 70s, maybe even a little bit of the 50s, too. I guess I think late 50s. That's when they first made made a mark or started making music late 50s, early 60s. You think that if Led Zeppelin had been Led Zeppelin throughout the entirety of the seventies and even into the eighties. And, you know, you think they would be considered number one. I, I really do think that those factors of him losing his son, plant losing his son and, and losing John Bonham too, you know, him, him not overdosing, but, but, you know, alcohol poisoning, drinking too much and not waking up in his sleep. I'm sure drugs had, 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 uh, had something to play with it too, or do with it too. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that that played a major role in them not being considered the greatest because their their career wasn't as long as say the Stones or or the Beatles? I think I think it's a great question. I don't think anybody's going to unseed the Beatles because even if you talk about longe- longevity, uh, the Beatles weren't around that long. Uh, with seven years was their apex or something like that. I think sixty three to seventy was was the prime Beatles years, and and that's a good point. I think. Wow, I don't know. I, I might get flack for saying this. I think Led Zeppelin's better musically than the Rolling Stones. I think so. I but agree. I, I, I think, agree. I think the Rolling Stones, they put out an album every fucking day. They're still touring, you know? They're still, <laughs> I know. I mean, they're 80. Ah. Keith, Keith Richards is never going to die. Him and Ozzy are going to be around forever. You <laughs> yeah, know? they are, man. They are. I don't know. I don't know how everybody else is, is gone. And these two fuckers are still roaming there. They're probably still roaming there at the end of the day. But I, I, I see your point, though, because... Those were prime years, 75 to maybe, eh, let's give them 78, 79. That's five years of what could have been and what could have been, uh, uh, you know, bigger albums, better uh, musical concepts, uh, maybe even uh, delving into different genres. There could have been a lot of things. And, you know, there's a lot of what ifs there. I think they would have bypassed the Rolling Stones. I don't think they do just because of the Rolling uh, Stones longevity, but yeah, that's a great question. I think I think they're a better band than the Rolling Stones, but I think people are always going to play some third just because the Rolling Stones have had that long longevity. No, no, I agree. That's probably what's going to happen. It's it's going to come down to your taste. Uh, I like the heavier stuff. So as much as I love, even if it wasn't considered heavy in the 70s, as much as I love the Rolling Stones and as much as I love the Beatles, to me, I would, I'm going to put Zeppelin up there before them. I'm going to put Zeppelin, I'm going to put Pink Floyd. You know, these these are just, you know, the bands that I want to hear more when I think about 70s rock as opposed to Beatles and, and, and Stones uh, kind of. And, and yeah, you're right. It's the longevity, I think, because it, there was the issues and, and, and maybe that's 
that's a crappy fucking thing to to uh to to put against a, a band and but it is what it is i do have one yeah. more point about led zeppelin is that that band was very protective of their music. Rolling Stones will fucking license their song to every Martin Scorsese movie and Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Pepsi commercials. You'll listen to Jumpy Jack Flash for, for you know, a, a tampon commercial or whatever, you know. But Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin will not use their song for commercials. They, they will not. I, and there's some songs. Uh, there's a song. I don't know. It was a movie with Little Army Men with uh, Kirsten Dunst. And I, I know they played uh, Been a Long Time since that rock and roll. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Small <laughs> Soldiers. Small Soldiers. Small yeah, soldiers. I, yeah. I know they, okay. they, they use a Led Zeppelin song. Uh, but they, Led Zeppelin does not really commercialize their songs i know uh uh richard linkletter had uh he wanted to get a a led zeppelin song for the ending of days and confused i think he actually wanted to get days and confused if i'm not mistaken and they would not license that song so they've been very protective of their music whereas the stones the beatles well the beatles don't own their catalog right that's why you got to see them in like you know nike commercials and all that other stuff Um, but led zeppelin has been very protective of their music their music is music it's not commercials it's not uh endorsements it's not movie theater scenes it's 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 all their music yeah i don't think we could ever see or we'd ever see robert plant singing dancing in the streets with fucking mick jagger (laughs) no exactly (laughs) but you know you know and and to 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 add on to the point i know we've been running a little late man it's just music dude we love talking music we we left music right we we could talk it all night if you're still Um, with us if you're still with us yeah um speaking of the you have a long drive ahead of you yeah no shit they're like the beatles you know they had a seven they only had a seven year run but not necessarily you know what i mean they all branched off and did their own thing and although it was a paul mccartney song it was still the beatles i mean it still felt like the beatles a george harrison song still felt like the beatles john lennon singing you know uh imagine or something like that it still felt like the beatles band on the run yeah yeah band on the run is amazing. forgot to mention that one that's like three songs in one they have they have uh paul mccartney's just fucking awesome mm-hmm. man they just they had a continuous run and they're the the beatles name lived on because mccartney and harrison and and even ringo were still making music as, as the years progressed and the years went on i just feel like led zeppelin which is nuts to say i mean it's, it's gonna sound stupid but they're extremely underrated when it comes at best all-time bands because they had they put out such a great catalog in such a short period of time and they were kind of cut off by you know by you know life man life shit happens in life and you know what and uh, there's no there's no way to say like Robert Plant was wrong if he wanted to spend more time with his family after all the crazy shit and all the terrible things that happened to him. You know, uh, more power to him. Yeah, and good point because the explosion of the late seventies could have could have really brought on some some great hits. Let's end with this, guys. Uh, your Mount Rushmore of seventies um, rock bands. Your four top seventies uh, rock. Ooh, bands. that's a good question. Go for it, Joseph. I'll let you go first. Uh, I'd say Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, The Doors. You said four, right? Yeah. Uh, I know that The Doors are can ride 60s that 60s, yeah. 60s, 70s wave, but I'll, I'll say Pink Floyd, The Doors, Led Zeppelin, and uh, The Eagles. I'm not even gonna put. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, oh, I'm not gonna put. Uh, I. I. You know what? I'll probably get shit for it, but uh, I, I'm not gonna put the Beatles and the Stones on my yeah. Rushmore. Well, I, I mean, they're fair. they're more they're more 60s. They're more 60s. I think they had a, they had a lot more of their bigger hits in the 60s. Uh, I would say, I would say, of course, obviously Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Leonard Skinner, because they were the kings of Southern rock. I mean, and they were amazing. Like I said, I almost chose Freebird as mine. And then if I wanted to go with one that was just innovative as as hell, I would go with Black Sabbath. 
Oh, to good be one. honest with you. I mean, ACDC and Black Sabbath, I think they're kind of they're they're they're, they're kind of neck and neck, but Black Sabbath and that that doom metal and that mixing oh, fuck. that I psych- didn't say Black Sabbath. I'm sorry. Yeah, Black Sabbath. <laughs> Forget the Eagles. That, Black that, Sabbath. <laughs> Black Sabbath mixing that that hard rock with the psychedelic and the doom like all that makes it created a it. genre. So I think that would be those would be my top four. That's almost an unfair question because I just thought about 10 bands right now, but I, I will say <laughs> Led Zeppelin, I'll say Skinnerd, uh, Pink Floyd, and I, I will say Kiss, just because more of the aesthetics with Kiss. <laughs> I could, so. I could see that. Yeah, man. we needed a that. good album cover. I mean, we needed a good pod cover. So I love. <laughs> no, we like Kiss. I'm just fucking around. We like Kiss. But man, and then, and then you think about it. We left out ACDC. We left out ZZ Top. We left out Van Halen. I mean, you could go on and on. Yeah, it's I mean, like but when, I, when I think of Van Halen, hear, I always think of the '80s, though. You know what I mean? I feel like Van Halen in the '80s kind of. It's mm-hmm. more of an '80s band for me. I don't. That's just that's just me. I see a point. So that's our show, everybody, listeners. We'd like to hear from you. Who is your favorite '70s rock band? What rock bands did we not mention? Most importantly, let us know what you think about the show. You may reach us at formidableopponents at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter. Just search for formidable opponents. Follow us on Instagram at formidable underscore opponents and join us next week as we try something new. It's our 20th show and we are doing a lightning round nostalgia edition. So what we'll do is we will all select the question to ask why we're recording. We're, usually we'll share answers at, at the beginning during the week, but we're all going to ask a question on that show. No research, no studying. It's going to be all surprise and everything's going to be off the top of our heads so we're gonna each ask a question about the best something or other or the most memorable something or other it's going to be a fun 20th show thank you guys for hanging with us we've had our best month of downloads we've been downloaded in over 30 countries uh we've hit some great benchmarks and we're looking forward to growing those numbers please reach out to us go on apple uh podcast give us a ranking give us a review we'd love to hear from you we got some great things coming down the pipe some uh partnerships that we're excited to to explore in the future so stick with us for bob and joseph this is randall y'all have a nice night take care everybody see you on the dark side of the moon i want to break free that's an 80s song (laughs) (laughs) cut it then (laughs) just cut it sorry Uh, the dark side of the moon we talked about